0: Hello and good evening champions. Welcome to another edition of Refresh Bible Study. I am Pastor Edwin Strickland and I'm excited that each and every one of you have decided to tune in and join us tonight. So welcome, welcome, welcome. As you can see, uh, I am not Pastor Ralph. We're twins, except that I'm just a little taller than him. But other than that, we're pretty much the same. And so I'm going to step in tonight uh, and do a little encouragement. I don't even want to really teach tonight. Uh, I've had something on my heart that I wanted to share uh, to just encourage you uh, tonight. And so Pastor Raph has so graciously allowed me to do that. So what you need to do is you need to go ahead and just give the Lord some praise. And while you're doing that, help us out with all of our social media outreach. What does that mean? I just want you to tag and share in the places that you have permission. Invite your friends. Listen, tonight's going to be one of those. It's going to be kind of one of those rah, rah words. You know, I want to encourage you. I've got some things that the Lord wants me to share with you, and I believe it's going to encourage you and, and push you. Can you believe that we are already done with the month of January? I mean, it's a wrap. Today is February 1st. We are already 31, 32, depending on how you look at it, days into this year. And so uh, I just want to come and and share some things with you. I want to remind you, you know, here at Fellowship of Champions, we are a church teaching you how to walk in love. How to live by faith so that you may experience God's prosperity in every single area of your life. And that's what we want you to do. That's not just a, a tagline or a motto for us. We believe in that. We believe that if we learn to walk by faith, we believe that if we learn to operate in love that really and truly prosperity will follow us in every area of of life and so i appreciate that i want to go ahead and take just a moment and welcome all of our visitors if you are a first time visitor this your first time ever uh tuning into the broadcast somebody sent you a a link somebody invited you Well, if you're here and this is your first time, then I I want to say uh, that I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being here and I appreciate the fact that uh, you're tuning in. Hopefully something will be said or done that will allow you uh, to be able Uh, to walk away uh, today feeling like, hey, you know what? This was worth uh, my time. And so if you are a first-time visitor, go ahead and just let us know uh, by typing in uh, first-time visitor. And one of our wonderful, one of our wonderful greeters uh, will just wave at you and welcome you. Don't worry. I'm not going to invite you to come on screen. Tell us what church you go to, who your pastor is, any of those kind of things. We just want a chance to love on you, okay? Listen, as you know uh during the countdown all of our announcements all of our announcers was embedded into that countdown so if you had a chance to see that you know what's happening but but for the for those of you that may have just be tuning in let me go ahead and run through real quick uh what's going to happen between now and next time uh you see someone on refresh bible study okay uh so the next service that we have will happen friday morning friday morning we have what's called Champions Circle. That's the second time typically during the course of the week that we come together corporately and pray. That happens at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. So you can join us. One of our anointed uh, intercessory prayer team members will be leading us um, through prayer. Uh, and if you miss prayer tonight, you really should go back and launch it, especially after this encouraging word I have for you because Chris was was literally praying the things that I want to talk to you about tonight. So if you missed uh, prayer at seven tonight, you ought to go back uh, and listen to that sometime within the next 24 hours, okay? And then uh, after Friday, we don't have anything on Saturday. On Sundays, what typically happens is we have Pastor Chris and Elder Valley. Uh, they typically do Sunday morning worship online for us. Uh, They will not do that this Sunday because they will actually be in Northwest Arkansas uh, because they are going to be doing live worship. Because why? Because it's the huddle. Now, before we get to the huddle, we always do 930 a.m. service. Someone asked if we were going to do that. Yes, we are going to still have our 930 a.m. service for those of you who can't or didn't make it to the huddle, okay, for those who can't or you just didn't make it to the huddle. But then after that, we're going to go into the Family Life Center. We're going to hug the necks of all of our partners. We're going to love on each other. We're going to have some anointed praise and worship. And Pastor Schilling is going to teach an amazing word. That's going to happen this Sunday, February 5th, at 11 a.m. At 11 a.m., we will be meeting in person for our February huddle, okay? Then after that, on Monday, Monday, Pastor Sean does Strategies for Success. That's going to happen at 12 noon Central Standard Time. You can catch her on her uh, personal page or her professional page. So uh, you don't want to miss that. I jumped on there. I had a chance to be on there uh, this week, um, and, and it was a great teaching. It's always great teaching. She's always dropping nuggets. And then, as you know, we don't have Tuesday night prayer anymore, but we do have prayer on Wednesday. Now, this Tuesday, no, you're right. This Tuesday, we're going to have Relationships 101. We don't have prayer on Tuesdays, but we will be having Relationships 101. We had about 350 people who joined us in the month of January. uh, And we only had about 300 and something people signed up. Uh, So I was amazed that we had that many. We have over 725 people who have signed up to come to this one. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see how many people will be joining us, but more importantly, I'm looking forward to the nuggets that Pastor Sean and I are going to get to share. We're going to be talking about respect and trust in relationships. What do you do uh, to, to to get it back? What do you do to maintain it? Uh, what does it really look like? Do we have a really good view of what trust and respect really is? You know, and uh, so it's going to be exciting. So I encourage you. Uh, Tuesday night, February the 7th 7 p.m. That you go to the Edwin and Sean Strickland Facebook page. Uh, you all you have to do is, is click that you want to go to the event. There's no registration, there's no cost. Just click that you want to come. And when we go live, you'll get notified and you can and you can join us. Uh it, it promises to be amazing. Uh, and I look forward to what's going to happen uh in the month of March. I can already tell you in the month of March, we're gonna have an ex some expert. Uh, relationship people on. And we're going to do a Q&A. So uh, you're going to want to make sure that you're here for this one and that you get ready for the one in March as well. Okay. Then on Wednesday, let me get to this. On Wednesday night, we have prayer at 7 p.m. starting next Wednesday. Okay. That's going to be February the uh, what 8th. Uh, on February the 8th, uh, you will not be able to watch our services through other means, unless someone from that means share it, let me explain what I mean. We are only going to broadcast to our Fellowship of Champions Facebook page and our Fellowship of Champions YouTube page. Now, Pastor Ralph can can share it to his broadcast to his to his page. Chris can share it. I can share it. Pastor can still share it. But if you don't want to miss it. In case one of us don't share it, then you need to go and like the Fellowship of Champions Facebook page so that when we go live for our regular services during the week, you will be notified, okay? All right, I think we've said that a bunch and we won't say it again after Sunday. You'll just, you'll just have to come find us if you missed it all this time. Then we, at 7.15, uh, we have Ignite. Those are for our teams. I'll make this plug again. If you are a male and you would like to teach our team boys, then we need you to get in contact with Miss Antresa, myself, Ralph, someone, uh, whoever you know, and we'll make sure that you get plugged in so that you can help uh, teach uh, our young men. We want to make sure that we have godly men pouring into them. Uh, And then also Victory Zone, which is on demand, uh, have your kids watching that. Have your kids watching uh, Victory Zone. They can watch it anytime, any series, past series. They can go back and watch those, Okay. Uh, If you need more information about that, simply go to our website at focchurch.com, and and I promise you, you'll find it, okay? I promise you, you will. And then, at 8 o'clock, we'll be back here again next week, Pastor Ralph, my twin, will be here teaching you the word, amen? All right, teaching you the word, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, all right? Listen, if you have not made the decision to become a partner of Fellowship of Champions, you ought to do so tonight. Something Supernatural happens when you join us in partnership. Partnership has its privileges. All you have to do is go to FLCchurch.com, scroll down to the bottom of the webpage, click a link, take a minute or two minutes, and boom, just like that, you're a partner. And when you become a partner, we will be sending you weekly emails. We'll be praying for you. You'll be praying for us. The anointing is on our life. We pray that that same anointing and ease gets on your life. You want to be a partner you want to be a partner. And so you ought to go ahead and make the decision that tonight you're going to do it. Some of y'all been showing up here for six months and you ain't told us that we go together yet. You need to tell us that we go together so that we know that it's mutual because we love you and we assume you love us. But until you partner with us, we don't know how, we don't know the extent of that relationship. Okay. And then make sure that you are subscribing to our podcast. Make sure that you are not missing a single message. You can go to iTunes, you can go to Google, you can go to Spotify. And again, like I said, our YouTube channel, we're gonna be broadcasting from there, but you don't want to miss a word. Remember, we had four commitments that we made last year. We had four commitments and we still have those same four commitments. We ask you, number one, make a commitment to not miss a service. Number two, we said make a commitment to read your Bible daily, read your Bible daily. And then we said also make sure that you are taking communion as often as you can. And then number four, make sure that you are spending time praying in the Holy Spirit every single day, every single day. And if you do those things, if you do those things, I promise you, your spiritual life will grow stronger. And as your spiritual life grows, some grows stronger then your soul will grow stronger your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. And some of the things that you're stressing over now will just go on out your life. Why? Because God said when we partner with him, that there will be an ease that comes over our life. Amen. And so I'm excited to share this word with you tonight. Uh, I've already prayed. I hope you have. And so I'm going to jump right into the word now that it is 8-11. I am jumping into the word. Amen. Listen, I want to talk to you about becoming who Christ has called you to be. This has been on my heart for so, for, for so many days, probably since the beginning of the year. And I I, I just have this this, this this scripture that I've just been reading over and over and over again. And every time I get to mention it, uh I, I just I just talk about it. And so tonight, uh, I want to encourage you to do something later on in the week. What I want you to do is I want you to just write it down right now, but I want you to write down Matthew chapter nine. And and I prefer, if you could, to read Matthew chapter 9 out of the message translation. If you read Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 to about verse 32, if you just read that several times, you will see this theme of becoming who Christ has called us to be. Show up time and time again. And and, and, And as a matter of fact, I want you to go ahead as we're getting started tonight, and I want you to make this declaration. Say, I will be who God called me to be. I will be who God has called me to be. It's, it's a declaration you need to make even if you're not sure about it yet. Because sometimes you just you, it needs to come out of your mouth so that you can get it out of your mouth so it can come back into your ear gate. So we can get into your heart and then come back out your mouth and then into your ear gate and back into your heart until you begin to believe the very thing that you are saying, which is I am going to be exactly who God called me to be. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Matthew chapter nine. I'm not going to read it all. I didn't put any banners up. I just want you to sit and just kind of just kind of hear it as we talk about it. So in verse verse one through eight in Matthew chapter nine, we encounter Jesus where he heals this paraplegic man. And he tells this man, he says, hey, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible tells the story of how the people looked around and looked at Jesus like, what are you saying? He's paraplegic. But the man believes and he became what Jesus said. The Bible says he picked up his bed and he walked. And then in verse chapter nine through 13, we see where Jesus calls Matthew, one of his disciples, into ministry. And in doing so, he ends up rebuking the Pharisees because in verse 13, he tells them, I'm after mercy and not religion. He says, I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. And I love that. When when you read that scripture, you will see in verse 13, he says to them, he said, Jesus says, look, I'm after mercy. I'm looking for some people who want to become what it is they, they, they believe they should be. I'm looking for some people who, who, who don't feel like they're winners, but they know they should be winning. I'm looking for some people who aren't healed, but know that healing should belong to them. He says, I'm not here to invite, uh, he says, I'm not here to coddle insiders. I'm here to invite outsiders. Jesus is here tonight to invite us to become everything he's called us to be. In verse 14 through 17, Jesus answers the question to his followers about fasting, and he he says some things to them to help them get some insight. But then in verse 18, this comes a pretty familiar story, because what you find is this local uh, leader, he comes to Jesus, and you guys know the story. He talks about how his daughter is dead, and he says, Jesus, if you would just come to my house, I, I know that she could live again. And then he goes on and uh, the Bible tells us that as Jesus was going to raise this young girl from the dead, he was interrupted by a woman that was moving through a crowd who said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Notice the thing that's happening here. Somebody is saying, I want to be something different. I I, want to be, I'm sick, but I don't think sickness belongs to me. I can't walk but I believe I'm supposed to be able to walk. My daughter is dead, but I believe she's supposed to be alive and, and there's a there's a pull on them to become something other than what they are currently experiencing. And I'm telling you tonight God wants you to live out and become something other than what you're currently experiencing. God wants to take somebody to a different level. God wants to take somebody to new heights. God wants to take somebody to a place that they've only ever dreamed of. God is saying you dreamed of it because I put the dream in you. I just need you to become what I've called you to be. We go on and we keep reading and we see in verse 23 that Jesus continues to talk to this local official after he's been interrupted by this woman who comes and touches the hem of his garment. You know the story. The Bible says that Jesus gets to the house and the people are lamenting and wailing and crying because this this young girl is dead. And Jesus says she's not dead. Watch this. Watch how he switched. He switches their reality. He says she's not dead. She's asleep. See, some of y'all think that your dream is dead. Jesus says your dream ain't dead. It's sleep. He's trying to change your reality. He's trying to get you to see it different. But the Bible says that they wouldn't change their reality. So Jesus had to put them out of the house. Oh, you should read this this week. It says Jesus took all the non-believers and he made them leave. And when he got all of the disbelief out the house, watch this, don't miss this. When he got all the disbelief out the house, then he could perform the miracle god is saying to you if you would just let me get all of that disbelief out your house if you just let me get everything that's blocking you out of your house if you get that despair out of your life if you get if you would stop thinking that i can't do this he says if you would get all of that mess out your life the miracle that you're believing for is on the inside of you the bible says that jesus didn't even say anything to the girl he just took her by the hand and said and just and just had And had her to raise up, and the Bible says the girl came back to life. Are you catching this thing? Are you catching this? All God wants us to do is kick unbelief out of our house. In fact, go ahead and make this declaration say, Unbelief, you got to go. Unbelief, you got to go. Doubt and unbelief, you can't stay here. You got to go. I got miracles and wonders on the inside of me. And God wants me to become what he's placed on the inside of me. And I'm sick and tired of allowing something that don't even belong here. I'm sick and tired of letting somebody get rent in my life that doesn't even belong here. This unbelief has got to go. This doubt has got to go. This self-pity has got to go. This disobedience has got to go. You are out of here tonight. Why? Because God says, I want to do something in your life that you've never seen before. But I need you to become who I called you to be. And so then it gets to the part which is my favorite scripture that I've just been just reading over and over and over since the beginning of this year. We get to verse 27 and verse 29 in Matthew chapter nine, the message translation. The Bible says that after all of this has happened, after the paraplegic man has been healed, after Jesus calls Matthew into ministry, after he talks to his disciple about the the, the reason they should be fasting, after Jesus gets ready to go heal and raise from the dead this young girl, and he gets interrupted by this woman who's pulling at his anointing after he actually goes to the woman's house and the man's house and he raises the young girl back to life, then we end up in verse 27. And the Bible says that we see two blind men who, who, who had recognized what Jesus had done. They had heard the commotion. They, they, they knew that the master was in the place. Some of y'all don't miss this. You ain't always got to see Jesus to know that he's there. See, some of y'all are waiting on things to show up and, and, and give you proof that Jesus is there. But as a born again believer, you gotta know that God's a part of your life. You gotta know that God is on your side. You gotta know that God wants what's best for you. You gotta know that God wants all things to work together for your good because he loves you. The blind men couldn't even see, but the Bible says they follow Jesus. Why? Because when you get hungry for God, you don't care whether you can find him or not, you'll start searching after him. And the Bible says that they were calling out to Jesus and they were saying to him, son of David, have mercy on us. In other words, God, do for us what you did for her. Heal us the way you brought her back to life. And Jesus turned and and he he whipped around and he asked them a question. He says, do you believe, (laughs) glory to God, that I can do this? He says, do you believe it? The Bible says when they looked at him, they said, why, yes, master, we believe. The Bible says, then Jesus touched their eyes and he said to them, and I love this, then become what you believe, become what you believe. He said, it's not, the question is not, God, can you get me a new job? The question ain't God, can you heal me? The question ain't God, can you find the, can I find the right mate? It ain't God, can I have enough money to pay my bills? It ain't God, can I do X, Y, and Z? He says, do you believe all of this? Do you believe it? Well, yes, God, I believe it. He says, great, then become it. Become what you believe. And I like this next part. It says, and it happened and they saw. Glory to God. It happened and they saw. Now, what? He, here is the thing. We know that not only did their natural eyes open, but we know that their spiritual eyes opened because they went back and told everybody what Jesus had done for them. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that God wants you to become what he has called you to be. Understand this. This passage teaches us several important lessons about faith. It teaches us several important things about persistence and the nature of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First and foremost, it reminds us that Jesus, watch this, is the source of all healing and restoration. Jesus is the source. You won't find what you're looking for in anything other than Jesus. Everything else will be a temporary and a counterfeit. Everything you're, you say, well, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. I'm looking for a man. Look for Jesus first. But Pastor, I'm looking for a woman. Look for Jesus first. But I'm looking for a new job. Look in Jesus first but I'm looking for healing. Look in Jesus first because Jesus is the source of all healing and all restoration. He alone has the power to heal our bodies. He alone has the power to heal our minds. And he alone has the power uh, to heal our souls. And he can heal our souls, our minds, and our bodies at any moment, watch this, regardless of the circumstances. I don't care what circumstance you may be facing tonight, You can make a moment while I'm talking right now, you can make a moment that Jesus is bigger than every problem you can face, that Jesus has more answers than every question that could come your way. Jesus is your answer to you becoming what he's called you to be. Secondly, this passage teaches us that the power of persistence in prayer. The two blind men did not give up when Jesus did not immediately respond to their cries. They could have gotten upset that Jesus asked them a question first. But so when the Holy Spirit begins to ask you questions, don't get upset that it ain't happening. God's trying to show you something. The two blind men were persistent and they went after Jesus with everything they had. If you expect to receive what the master has, you have to be willing to go after him with everything that you have. Instead, the blind men persisted in their faith. They had persistent faith. They continued to cry out to Jesus even in the face of adversity. Somebody go ahead and type in the comment section and say, I have persistent faith. I have persistent faith. I am a person who has persistent faith. And then finally, this passage reminds us of the compassion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I need you to hear me tonight. I don't know what all you're going through, but I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that God loves you. God sees you. He understands it. And let me give you some hope. God already knows how he's going to get you out of the situation. All God is doing is waiting on you to be obedient enough to follow his plan. None of your problems have caught God off guard. None of your problems have surprised him. God is not in heaven trying to figure out a pro- trying to figure out an answer to your problem. He, he created the solution before the problem ever showed up. He was able to look through the annuals of time and know that tonight you would be facing what you're facing today. And God already has an answer for your problems. Understand this. Yes, Jesus is moved by compassion, but also Jesus is moved by faith. Notice when he asked the blind man, he says, do you believe that I can do this? Jesus did not respond until they said yes. Once Jesus said yes, then Jesus partnered with them. Y'all somebody y'all missed that. Once once they said yes, Jesus partnered with them. He touched their eyes and told them, "This is my part. Now you do yours." What is your part? Become what you say you believe. You you, you say you believe I can heal you. You say that I can that I can cause you to see then become a seeing person. And the Bible says that they saw it that it happened and they saw it. So tonight, what I want us to do is I want us to take these lessons to heart and I want us to apply them to our own lives. Let us continue to persist in prayer. Let us continue to have persistent faith and let us continue to cry out to God every time our adversary shows up and ask him for assistance rather than giving up, caving in or quitting. In fact, go ahead and make this declaration. Say, there is no quit in me. There is no quit in me. And so tonight, I want to speak to you about becoming what you believe. I want to encourage you about this idea of becoming what you believe. Because I know that if you attend Fellowship of Champions on a regular basis, you have heard all of the declarations that have been spoken over you by me, by Pastor Sean, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chandra, everybody who has spoken words over you. You've heard those words. You've read for, for years now, those of you that have been with us, the guiding words that, that God would give us, the words of of of. of 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 anchoring that he would give us, like like five to one uh, alignment, uh, uh, agreement, and and advancement. You've heard those words. You've been able to grab hold to them. The question becomes: What are you gonna do with them? What are you gonna? You heard the words, but just hearing the words is not enough. You need to become it. You know, you think about a a, a caterpillar, right? When they go into that cocoon, they they're not just in there just just chilling. They are transforming. That that caterpillar is becoming something totally new. It's becoming something totally different. It's becoming something that has never been before. I declare tonight, that's who you are. This broadcast is your cocoon season When we finish tonight You're going to be something different Than you've ever been Your mindset's going to be changed Your attitude's going to be changed What you're able to believe Is going to be changed And I declare as your man of God That the anointing that is on my life Gets on you in a double portion So that you can become All that God has called you to be Because some of y'all are playing too small God wants you on, on stages in front of thousands. And I don't just mean just performing. I mean, he wants your platform to be a platform that touches thousands in whatever field or industry that you are in. But God is waiting on you to become who he has called you to be and what you know is on the inside of you, amen? So then we must understand if we're going to become what we believe, that beliefs have a powerful impact on our thoughts, on our behaviors, and on our actions. What we believe becomes the driving force to who we are. The Bible says it like this, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So beliefs are powerful. Beliefs have a powerful impact on our thoughts, on our our behaviors, and on our actions. Becoming what you believe Involves aligning your thoughts, aligning your behaviors, and aligning your actions with your beliefs. You can't say you believe God for healing, but you don't know no healing scripture. You can't say you believe God for prosperity, but you don't know any prosperity scripture. You can't say you believe it's more blessed to give than to receive, but you're not a giver. You Your beliefs have to line up with your actions, your behaviors, and your thoughts in order for you to receive manifestation. How do we get there then? This can be achieved through self-reflection. I don't think enough believers ask themselves questions to themselves. I don't think, I don't think enough people ask the question, if I say I'm a tither, then why did I make 90000 last year, but I gave 4000 I'm going to let you say lot. You say you're a tither, but your actions don't line up to your belief. You, you you say you believe in prayer, but you ain't attended prayer in six months. You ain't got up to pray on your own in nine months, but you say you believe in prayer. Your, act, your belief, come on somebody, is not lining up with your thoughts, your behaviors, or your actions. So then we must become self-reflective. Say this, say, I must be self-reflective. Come on, type that in the comment section. Say, I must be self-reflective. You gotta ask yourself, why is it that you say you're this, but you do something different? How crazy would it be for me to go around saying all the time that I'm a vegetarian, but I know the top 10 burger joints in my city and I visit them all frequently. That's not being self-reflective. It's not being self-reflective if I say that I'm a person who is compassionate, but I always find myself uh, not being compassionate toward people when they need it. You've got to be self-reflective. The next thing you need to do is you need to learn to set achievable goals. You need, I don't know why in the body of Christ, we somehow think it's demonic to have a goal. I don't know why we think that it has to be demonic to to, to to set a goal also you need to take you need to take consistent and aligned actions toward those goals you know, you you're a little ahead of me you don't got to put those up yet. right i'm just i'm i'm pre i'm getting it but you, you are right, i'm i'm getting it <laughs> you got you got to be self reflective you got to set some achievable goals you got to take consistent and aligned actions toward those goals you can't just writing a goal down without having action steps to achieve it it's just a dream it's just a dream i i i want to i want to be i want to be able to uh to 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 take my family on vacation okay but you don't ever save any money or do anything or plan a vacation that it, it sounds good but you're not taking any action steps it's like you say to people what, you, what what's your goals for this year true man you know i don't know if you haven't articulated them if you haven't written them down how are you going to know how close you are to them only in the body of Christ do we find, writing down our goals, something that seems to be demonic. You need to set some goals so that you know whether or not you're getting close to them or not. And then you need to surround yourself with supportive people who share your beliefs because beliefs are powerful. So write, go ahead and, 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 and write this down. Say, my environment is always working on me. My environment is always working on me. What does that mean? It means whoever you surround yourself with is who you will eventually become like. So you need to surround yourself with supportive people who share your beliefs, people who can also help reinforce and strengthen your belief. You need to hang around those kind of people. Why? Because your environment is always working on you. Oh, I know you think that you're the strongest Christian ever, but if I give you 10 friends, And all 10 of those friends smoke weed. And I let you hang around those friends for a year. Before you know it, better believe you'll be smoking weed too. Why? Because your environment is always working on you. That's the reason that you find like-minded people grouping together. I've been pastoring since 2001. And one thing I can tell you is anytime somebody in this church gets offended, they will find another offended person. They, they might not even know each other. They ain't spoke to each other in years, been in the same church, but now they offended. It's like a magnet. They just find another offended person and they link up. Why? Because they want to be of the same environment. That's the reason I don't let people talk about people who I hang with. Why? Because, because those people are in my environment and you can't talk about them. And if I if you go to my church, I don't let people talk about you. If I got something to say to you, I say it to you. Why? Because I have to keep my environment the right way, right? So understand this. We all have a unique purpose and a unique destiny that God has planned for us. But far too often, we struggle to fully embrace and live out that calling. Myself included, and I, had, and I, when I, when I was getting ready to encourage Judy with this word, I had to look at myself and ask myself, remember being self-reflective, are you doing the things that God has really called you to do? Are you doing it with the tenacity that God has called you to do them with? Because it's not just being obedient. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So it's not just about being uh obedient. I got to be willing and obedient. And so I have to check myself. First and foremost, it's important for all of us to understand that our identity is found in Christ. Colossians 3 and 3 tells us that our lives have been hidden in Christ with God. Our lives have been hidden in Christ, right? In God. Therefore, if I'm going to be all that that I've been called to be, I am only going to be that which Christ has put in me. That's the reason when I said becoming, be, 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 become what you believe. If you're believing to be something outside of Christ, that, that that's not who you are. That's why Pastor Sean always talks about being reintroduced to yourself. Some of you got a false identity about who you are because of the things you've been through in life. But becoming, that's why the, the message is about becoming who Christ has called us to be. Who has Christ called me to be? And I'm am I becoming that? understand we no longer we are no longer defined by our past mistakes glory to God for that we're no longer defined by our failures and we're no longer defined by, by 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 labels that society has has placed on us and but but we are new creatures in Christ Jesus we have been made new and you and I have been given a new identity as children of God and then uniquely God has gifted all of his children, with unique talents and unique um, abilities, why? Because he wants to be able to reach inside of us and call that out of us so that the world gets to experience our uniqueness. Glory to God. We, 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 We need to become who God has called us to be so this world gets to experience a piece of God from us. If you're not being all that you have been called to be, you are cheating the world. You are cheating the world. You are you are you are taking an experience glory to God away from the world because you won't be everything God's called you to be and the world's waiting on you. If we was in church I'd make you touch your neighbor right now and tell them the world is waiting on you. The world is waiting on you. The world needs your unique Talents and abilities and skills and thoughts. God reached into heaven and shoved you into your mother's womb, into the earth, so that you could be here for such a time as this and let the world experience all who you are. The Bible says it like this, though in John 14 and 15, he says, If you're going to become you're going to become who you're supposed to be he says if then you're going to have to love me and if you're going to love me then you got to keep my commandments part of who you've been called to be is a person of obedience the children of god is who he called us to be as children of god we are children of obedience and in order to become who god has called us to be we must be obedient to his will and to his word to his will and to his word this means that reading the bible Spending time in prayer and seeking guidance of the Holy Spirit must be a necessity. That's why we ask you to make those four commitments. You have to have the word of God in your life and you don't get the word just because I preach it. You got to be reading that word. You got to allow Holy Spirit to talk to you. You need to attend prayer and then you need to pray on your own. Why? Because Holy Spirit speaks those through prayer. He speaks through the guidance of his word. He speaks through rhema. He speaks through logos. So it's also important for us to remember that becoming who Christ has called us to be is a journey, not a destination. Some of y'all trying to get, some, some of y'all think, it's, it's like a, this is not, a, this is not the, an end game. This is not like you're gonna become all that you're supposed to be on Wednesday and then that's it. You need to understand this is a journey. And every time you discover another level of who you are, God will show you something else. Because you're we're never gonna God mm, he put so much in you, glory to God. If you lived a hundred lifetimes, he would still have more to pull out of you. Oh, glory to God. Do you know how how do you know how much he loved you? How much he thought about you, to put that much skill, that much talent, and that much uniqueness on the inside of you, that even if you lived a hundred lifetimes, he still have more to pull out? You need to become who Christ has called you to be. Now, while I'm trying to encourage you, i also understand that we all face challenges. We all face obstacles along the way in this journey. But I need you to hear me when I say this. Christ is on our side. We can overcome anything. Christ is on our side and we can overcome anything. But we need to have faith in God's plan for our lives. And we need to trust that he is working everything out for our good. Watch this. Even when it don't seem like it. Even when you're going through tough times, you got to have a mindset that says, I know God's still working on my behalf. I know something supernatural is happening for me. It doesn't feel like it. And I I know I can see all the problems and everything else, but I'm going to be like Jeremiah 17. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to make God my strength. So even when bad things come, I don't even recognize them like that. I'm going to be so focused on God. All I see is the good that he's doing in my life. And I'm not talking about living in some la-la land, like, like I'm unaware of the issue. I'm saying I'm aware of the issue, but I'm aware of the fixer of the issue. I'm aware of the person who can fix every issue that shows up in my life. And so as we become who Christ has called us to be, we will be empowered to fulfill our destiny. As we're empowered to fulfill our destiny, we become a help to others. We make a positive impact in the world around us. We will become shining lights to others. We will become that, that 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 light that's on the hill that's shining. That when people need assistance, they look to us, and our lives will then be, bring glory to God. And in doing so, allow others to get to experience Him for who He is. But if your light is dull, for and, and other people's light is dull, they can't see you. Think about this. If you were lost and you were walking down a dirt road, and some of y'all country enough to know what I'm talking about, a dirt road with no lights outside. You ain't seen dark till you walk down a country road and it's trees on both sides and ain't no lights. If you was walking down that road and and, 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 and you came to a fork in the road, and one of those roads had a match, just just a light from the match, just 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 right there at the fork of the road, and somebody else had a flashlight that lit the whole road up. Which way are you gonna go? If you don't know, if you don't know either direction, which one are you gonna go? Where the light is. There are people in this world that are walking down dark country roads looking for your light. I wish y'all would hear me tonight. They're looking for your light. But because you play small, because you won't do what God has asked you to do, you look like a match. And they're, un- they're unsure if they should go down that road. They're unsure whether they should trust that, that dimly lit light because it looks like the same light they got. The world is looking for someone whose light is so bright that it can show them every step they need to take. Somebody will type in the comment and say, I'll be the light. I'll be the light. Understand, we are all created in image of God. We are all created in his image and we've all been given unique talents and abilities. The only place we have the potential to become who we are truly meant to be is in Christ, though. I don't care how much education you got. I don't care how many, how much networking you do. I don't care how many friends you got in high places. It won't make a difference if you are not living your life in Christ. So in order to become who we believe we are in Christ, we must first accept his sacrifice for our sins and we must make him Lord of our lives. We gotta surrender to God. Somebody go ahead and type in the comment section and say, I surrender. I surrender to God. As we grow in our relationship with Christ, we will begin to understand our true identity. I don't even know, who, I don't even know fully who I am in Christ yet. Why? Because every time I learn something new, he shows me something else. And the same thing is true with you. And you don't have to get uh, overwhelmed by it. Just let God show you who you are today. Let today take care of today. Let next week take care of next week. Let next month take care of next month. And next year, take care of next year. God will peel back the layers and show you who you are. And you'll be able to look back over your shoulder a year from now and say, my God, I didn't even know I had all that in me. I didn't, even, I didn't even know I had all that in me. I look back over my life of where I have been since, since 2001 when I started pastoring. I didn't even know I had this in me. All that God has done and showed up, I didn't even know I had that in me. And Holy Spirit says, I ain't done yet. I got more than I'm going to pull out of you if you elect me. And the same thing is true for you. You, you, you. you think you've come a long way and you have. And praise God for it, and we celebrate it. But God has more in you than what he's already pulled out of you, glory to God. And so as I stated before, we must be obedient to his word. When we become obedient to God's word, it opens the door for him to pull out of us what he has placed in us. It's The the guiding word says he's opened up gates of supernatural power and blessings to come up on us so that we would have an ease over our life. When you come into alignment with God, there's an ease that comes over your life. If you remember, some of you have probably been to a chiropractor before. Anybody been to a chiropractor before? You can put the little emoji with the hand up. I've been to one before. I've been to one when I was just kind of going for maintenance, but I've been to one when I was in pain. And if you've ever been to a chiropractor, especially when you are in pain, and they do whatever they do, and they put you on that table, and and, and, and they, 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 they pull that leg, or they pull that arm, or they crack that neck, and all of a sudden, what was out of alignment, glory to God, comes into an alignment, it's like an ease that comes over your body. I know I got somebody out there. I know somebody that's been to the chiropractor in pain before. I know somebody been out there and you was like, Lord, if I could just get to the chiropractor, if they could just pop this thing in my shoulder, if they could just get this hip back in place. And when they do, your it, the, the the pain just just dissipates. The discomfort is just gone. Some of y'all need to let Jesus be your spiritual chiropractor. You need to let his word realign you. You need to let his word adjust you. You need to let his word put you in the right position because when he does, there's an ease that comes over you and you'll get to become a manifestation of who you really are. Is that making sense to anybody out there tonight? So in order for us to go on this journey of faith, in order for us to go on this journey of trust, in order for us to be able to have God's plan in our lives, we too have a part to play. And I always say that God wants to pull out of you, but there's some things you got to do to allow him to pull it out of you. Because God is a gentleman. He doesn't just come in and kick the door open and just say, give me your life. I I wish he would, but he doesn't just say, just, just give me your life, even though God Watch this. Remember, I said you had to have a goal. Jesus had a goal. What was Jesus' goal? That no man would perish. That was his goal. But even with that, we have to answer the call. And so, in order to answer the call, here are some things that you must do if you are going to become all God has called you to be. Number one, you must identify your beliefs. You must identify your beliefs. How do I identify my beliefs? Because I don't know that a lot of people really know what they believe in. I think they think they know what they believe in, but they haven't really, and and here's the thing. I know believers who believe in healing for Chris, but when it comes to their own healing, they don't believe in that because they don't think God will do it for them for whatever reason. But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So if God had healed Chris, then guess what? God will heal me. But I have to identify my beliefs. What does that mean? It means I have to reflect on what I truly believe in. And I have to try to articulate these beliefs in a clear and concise manner. I have to ask myself, do I believe that God will do X for me? I tell people this all the time. You don't have to worry about whether or not uh God's going to know the answer. <laughs> he already know. <laughs> you asking the question for you to clarify for you. God, do I believe that if I, God, do I believe if I tie, there's a benefit? Because there are people in church who really don't believe that there's a benefit to tithing. They just, they, they, you know, well, I'm going to give an offer, I'm going to give what I can, but they don't believe in tithing. How do I know? Because they tithe, but when things get tough, guess what they stop doing? Tithing. You don't, you, you don't believe in. What watch this? I don't believe in smoking cigarettes. Pastor, what does that mean? That means no matter how much money I have or don't have, how healthy I am or how sick I am, how happy I am or how sad I am, where I am or where I'm not, it doesn't matter. I'm never smoking a cigarette. Why? Because I don't believe in smoking cigarettes. So there's no amount of pressure you put on me that makes me smoke cigarettes. There's no amount of pressure that can be put on me that makes me not be a type. There's no amount of pressure that can be put on me, even if, listen, I told somebody this, I'll die believing God's a healer. Y'all missed that. I'll die. If I get sick in my body, I won't ever say God's not a healer. If I go on to heaven, he's still a healer. And so you have to identify what are your real beliefs, okay? And then number two, once you identify what they are, you got to evaluate your beliefs. Does your beliefs even line up with scripture? It's a whole bunch of people out here in the body of Christ who got some beliefs that they need to evaluate. You got whole preachers out here teaching and telling people, that once you've had sex, that if you're if if you if you married and you get divorced and you've had sex, that, that it's all right to date and have sex because you didn't have it before. Evaluate where that belief came from. That belief came from horniness and lustfulness. That ain't in the word nowhere. And you have to call a spade a spade. I grew up in the Kojic church. And in the Kojic church, they taught us that even if we did it, it was wrong. <laughs> that it wasn't none of, it wasn't none of this new age stuff that we doing nowadays where we're able to tell people oh well if you doing it it's okay we was like no it's wrong if you do it and it's wrong when I do it because wrong is wrong and you need to be able to evaluate your beliefs do they match up with the word of God part of the reason and hear me because I need to finish up part of the reason that a lot of people can't successfully evaluate their beliefs is because they don't know the word. How are you evaluating something and you don't know what you don't know what to evaluate it on? When, as, a, as a school principal, when I used to go in and do a teacher evaluation, I had a performance rubric that I used Then I shared with the teacher weeks before I came in. I wanted the teacher to know, here's what I'm coming to evaluate against. So many people cannot evaluate their beliefs because you don't know what the word says. That's why we tell you at Fellowship of Champions, you gotta read the word. You gotta know what it says, not what your preacher said, not what your bishop said, not what the motherboard said, not what the deacon said. What did the word of God say? So then you gotta evaluate your beliefs. And then next, you gotta set achievable goals. And we talked about this. Based on your beliefs, you gotta set goals that align with them. Are you seeing this? You have to identify your beliefs, evaluate those beliefs based on the word of God, and then you gotta set achievable goals. What can be your goal for 2023? Then I'm gonna I'm gonna tie 10%. That's my goal. That's a, that's a smart goal. That, that's a measurable goal. It's specific, it's achievable, it's measurable. I know I got those out of order, but you get it. It's time sensitive. <laughs> it, it's a smart goal. I can look and say, okay. I know the word of God says that I should tithe. So I'm going to measure 2023 on this one thing. I believe in my man of God. And my man and woman of God tells me that tithing is a biblical principle. And the people who do it prosper. I'm going to trust and believe them. That's, that's my belief. I'm evaluating it. What does the word say about it? Yep, the word agrees with it. So I'm going to set an achievable goal. Whatever my, at the, in, in December 31st of 2023, whatever my gross salary is, I'm going to make sure that I've given 10%. That's going to be my achievable goal. And then the next thing I got to do once I've done that is then I got to take aligned action. How do I take aligned action? I decide what's going to be my best method. If I'm a person, I don't go to church consistently. then I'm going to go into PayPal. I'm going to go into file or tithely. And I'm going to set up recurring giving. If I get paid every two weeks, I'm going to set it up every two weeks. If I get paid once a month, I'm going to set it up once a month. If I get paid every week, I'm going to take action to align with my goals and my beliefs. And then what am I going to do? After I do all that, I'm going to surround myself with supportive people. I ain't going to let the people in my family who don't tithe but are yet broke tell me the tithe don't matter. I have a rule. If you ever tell me tithing don't matter, then I say you're right. And when you ask me for something, I say, "Oh, it don't matter." I don't. I don't give my money to God robbers. It's different to somebody who doesn't know. I the Bible tells me to help the widow. The Bible tells me uh, to, to 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 help those that are in need. But if you come to me and you tell me tithing, we shouldn't be tithing. Then, then, then you don't need the tithe. you don't need the results of what the tithes produce so I don't hang around people who say that I don't hang around people who say it, it don't matter if you give or not up up cut you or up why because I will not let you be being aching in my life Somebody said an aching I don't mean a pain I mean aching like in the Bible the Bible says aching touch the accursed thing. And because Achan touched the accursed thing, everybody in the camp was affected. I don't hang around non-tithing folk if I know you are non-tithing. You better act like you are. If you hang around, if you go, if I take you on a trip with me, you better act like you are tithing. I don't hang around non-tithing people. Why? Because your environment is always what? Working. I don't hang around people who say Jesus don't heal no more. I don't hang around people who say, well, you know, it's all right to fornicate a little bit. Mm I ain't hanging around people talking about, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Uh Uh-uh, why? Because if you cuss a little, then I'm gonna start cussing a little. Why? Because your environment is always working on you. So you gotta surround yourself with supportive people. And then lastly, you gotta reflect and adjust. Everybody has to reflect and adjust. I make mistakes sometimes. Type this in the comment section. Say, I blow it sometimes. Come on, this would be therapeutic for some of y'all. Say, I blow it sometimes. I blow it sometimes. Sometimes I make a mistake. Sometimes I don't do what I'm supposed to. Sometimes I'm hard-headed. Sometimes I'm disobedient. I have to learn to reflect on that and adjust. I don't just blow it and keep blowing it. (laughs) Praise God. That's right. I don't just blow it and keep blowing it. I have to regularly reflect on my progress. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be so I can be all God calls me to be? I have to be metacognitive. I have to think about my thinking. Edwin, why are you doing that? Edwin, why are you acting like that? Edwin, why are you feeling like that? Edwin, why are you behaving that way? I have to be metacognitive. I have to think about my thinking. And then I have to think about, okay, what behaviors am I doing that is helping to solidify these bad thoughts? Oh, I'm not reading my word enough. Oh, I'm not praying enough. Oh, I'm not coming to service enough. Oh, I'm hanging around the wrong people. You understand what I'm saying? I got to think about my thinking, and then I got to look at my behaviors. What is my behavior doing that causes me to have these wrong thoughts? And then look at my actions. What are my actions? What am I doing or not doing that's hindering me from becoming all that Christ has called me to be? And then lastly, are they in line with my beliefs? I said I believe X, Y, and Z, but look at my thoughts. Look at my behaviors. Look at my actions. Are those things really lining up? No? Okay, then I need to reflect and adjust. I need to repent and turn around because sometimes I blow it. But just because I blow it doesn't mean God throws me away and it doesn't mean I have to stay in a state of keep on blowing. Amen? So in conclusion, let us just remember this, that our identity. Is found in Christ. Obedience is essential. And becoming who Christ has called us to be is a journey, not a destination. We must be people of persistent faith and we must trust in God's plan. He says in Jeremiah, I know the faults that I think towards you. He says that they are faults to give you a future and a hope to give you a great outcome so then, we must strive to become who Christ has called us to be so that you and I can allow the world to experience another part of heaven, another part of God. And if you do that, if just the 59 of you that are on this broadcast tonight, if you will make a decision to just share some of who you are, with the world. If you will make a decision to just stop playing small, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you can become the very thing the world needs in order to bring somebody else into Christ. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you. I'm done. I hope you, I hope you receive this word tonight. Listen, if if you want to be a giver, when you should want to be a giver, then there's multiple ways that you can sow into the ministry. You can give via Givelify. You can give give, via give, Pushpay, via tidly, or Text to Give. And as I mentioned on Sunday, on Sunday, if you give through Pushpay and you want to cover the fees, they now have a way for you to do that. Listen, I am telling you, I was telling Pastor Sean, because I've been having to work through the year-end finances and talking to the guy who, Who who does some of that. And and I don't look at it till the end of the year because I just I don't I don't want to know. I don't care. But what I can tell you is there is a direct (laughs) correlation between the people who consistently tie. And I don't know what everybody's gross salary is, but you can tell people who are tired. You can tell people are tith- who, who are tithing. You can see their annual giving, and, and it's kind of on a systemic line. You can see they're offering the dividend, but you can tell the people who are tithing. And I'm telling you, there's a direct correlation between the people who are consistent in their tithing and those who have talked about all of the financial prosperity that they have experienced in this previous year. And and I, I told Pastor Sean, I am so done playing small and not telling people the absolute truth about what they need to do in order to prosper. I'm tired of just trying to be nice to people and saying, well, you know, they can do what they want to do. I know what to do. I'm going to prosper. I know how to do it. As your man of God, I'm telling you, you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to become who God has called you to be. And the the first thing most of you need to master is your money. You don't mind your time. You'll show up. You, 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 you volunteer. You'll do that. But most of you need to master mammon. You need to get over this, this, this fear you have of giving to God that somehow if you give to God, God's not going to to bless you immensely. You need to get over that, that for some of you, that's the stronghold. Maybe not all of you, but for some of you, that's the stronghold. So I encourage you to make that decision today. You're gonna to be all God called you to be, starting with being the giver God's called you to be, amen? And then whatever else you've heard God say to you tonight, be be that too, be, become that too, amen? Listen, don't forget, you can join us Friday morning at 6.30 for the huddle. Friday morning, 6.30 from, from the huddle, amen? Uh, and then on Sunday... Uh, Pastor Chris won't be online, but if you come to the huddle, you can show enough here, her and the entire praise team and Valley on the keys, right? So Dante on the drums, Caressa on the bass, you can hit a whole band. And if you ain't experienced it in person, then you are missing out, ma'am and sir. So we want you to come if you can, February 5th, uh, weather should be fine. Supposed to be in the fifties tomorrow, the next day. Uh, all the snow gonna be gone. Come on up here. You you drive to the concert in the snow. You you drive to the football game in the rain. You do all that. But Bud Walton was packed the other night. If you watched them play Texas A and the game was packed and it was sleeting as they were playing, and people were still there. Why? Because people do what's important to them. People do what's important to them. So God bless you guys. We will see you on Sunday. Uh, We'll see you online uh, Sunday morning. And then those of you who are coming, listen, let's get ready for a glorious time in the Lord. Amen, amen. Y'all be blessed. Have a great night. God bless you.